Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. I was talking to a new friend recently, and she asked if I had any children. And I said, yes, I have five boys. And my oldest is at this point, at this point, 20. And she was like, oh, I need all of your wisdom. (laughs) And we weren't going to have all of my wisdom in a half hour conversation. But one of the things that she said that had befuddled her was as an only child, she had not grown up around any boys. And so it has been astonishing and dismaying to her to see how physical they are, that they are both physically wrestling when they're having fun and physically fighting when they're not. And they're four and seven. And that was, uh, (laughs) there's a part where I'm like, oh yes, you are still really in the thick of character formation. I feel like those early years of parenting are so hands-on where there's so much around like, I'm just going to teach you how to use your body respectfully. And anyway, she was telling me about how she had listened to a podcast with some form of medical professional. And they were talking about the differences between female and male bodies and how the males have something. She couldn't remember if it was in the spinal cord or what, but it's like they almost need to be bumping into things in order to have some level of grounding. And I thought about that because all of my boys have loved doing these like running hugs where they just like smash into me and they would do this up until they're probably eight and could almost knock me off, my, off, knock me off my feet. And at the time that always just seemed really normal to me. Like, oh yeah, this is just what I do as a parent. And it wasn't until she said that, that I thought, you know, I don't remember ever doing smashy hugs with any of my parents, like, or either of my parents. I, that's, uh, that must be a boy thing. <laughs> and so the other thing though, that I didn't get a chance to share, but I thought, oh, this is such a good resource. I'm going to mention this as a gift to all of you. So one of the most impactful books that I've read in the last couple of decades is uh, Dr. Leonard Sachs's book, Why Gender Matters. And he is a medical doctor. And he, as far as I know, is not a believer. But he said, I actually want to know what does the medical literature say about the differences between males and females. And he released a second edition, probably in, I don't know, 2017. And it addressed a lot of the transgender things and just the other aspects of our society that are really coming to light at this point. Because part of his question was, this actually has a major bearing on me as a doctor. What, if there are differences in this structure and anatomy of males and females, we obviously know about the sex organs, but besides the obvious, what else does the literature show? And I thought it was fascinating. First of all, he said, when you have men and women, obviously there's going to be a range of expressions of men. There's going to be a range of expressions of women, but the most feminine man and the most masculine women are still incredibly far apart from an anatomy standpoint, or not an anatomy, but from a, obviously anatomy, but like from a, all of the other structures in the body. It is, and this does make sense, but it's, it's a cellular level thing. And so this book goes through different aspects of male and female and how God has made us different. And 
even it, I thought it was fascinating that women, girls have more finely attuned hearing than do boys. And so if you take a boy and put him at the back of a room where there's a more soft-spoken teacher, he's just actually not going to be able to hear what the teacher's saying. So a pretty easy fix would be to put him up front and move the more finely tuned ears, attuned ears, more sensitive hearing to the girls to the back of the room. Or maybe not all the way, but anyway, like that would be a pretty easy fix to help the boys stay focused in the classroom. Another one, and I had seen this play out. I remember as a first grader drawing, and maybe as a kindergartner as well, drawing these incredibly detailed castles. And okay, in retrospect, they were with markers and they probably weren't that detailed. But I remember in my mind's eye wanting them to just be so perfect. And they they had the windows and they had the flowers and the trees and the sun. So beautiful. And I remember looking at my two-year-old, my artist, when he would draw, he would draw 50 pages a day and they would all have this little line off the bottom of the page. And finally, I was like, Abraham, what are you doing? Like, you've drawn the same little line. And he said, oh, that's Buzz Lightyear flying off. And I mean, it's like super creative, but it's a line. And so part of what is different between men and women is that we have a different percentage of rods and cones in our eyes. And so girls can see very precise details of colors and items, whereas boys, are they maybe don't have quite that same level of fine attunement. They can see more, like it's more grayscale, and but they see motion really well. And I, I don't know if I explained that super well. I'm not saying that boys are all colorblind. That's not my point. But it's more like, what is it that is, and obviously girls can see motion, but it's more like comparatively. And so this is why boys don't usually draw really ornate and detailed little drawings of houses <laughs> when they're in first grade, because they are so focused on the action and the motion. And again, so at this point, we've talked about hearing and we've talked about the, uh, the actual anatomy, not the anatomy of the eye, because that I think is pretty static, but like what cells are lining the back of the eye. That's crazy. And so to, to find out more, I just encourage you to read Why Gender Matters. I think that this is helpful, basic data that is actually necessary for us as a society to be able to say, I'm sorry if you don't feel like you're a man or you don't feel like you're a woman. Your basic anatomy is so beautifully and ornately designed. And it's not just about your sex organs. Like, let's look at how else you've been created that is so beautiful and so precise. And it, you don't even have to use it as like a, a, an aggressive tool or something. For me, I just sometimes like knowing the information that somebody has studied this. It's a very popular level work. It's not, <laughs> I think I read it the first time when I had very young children and I appreciated that it was very easy to understand. <laughs> so this is not an academic book at all. It is written for you and me. So yeah, Lord, I thank you that when the, your word says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, we do praise you because that is true. And Lord, I thank you that you have given scientists and researchers the ability to even try to suss out some of these things that are so precise and that reveal the glory of your design in ever increasing measure. And so Lord, I ask that those who have done the work of research, those who have done the work 
of compilation that you would bless the work of their hands. I thank you, Lord, for these people who are willing to be a voice to stand up and and say, "Ah, it's not a popular opinion, and I realize that. But I also recognize that I have to help those who are in my care to make the best decisions for their lives and for their children's lives. So, Lord, I pray that you would be, even now, starting to work a sea change in how our nation thinks about things as basic as origins. And Lord, we ask that you would, in your time, be willing to cast down that spirit of origin that is talked about in Ephesians 6, that is sometimes defined, I think, as principality. But Lord, we recognize that there are spiritual forces of wickedness that are not after the good of our nation, are not after the good of our children. And so, Lord, we're asking for your mercy and your grace. We thank you, Jesus. Amen.